All righty. You ready back there, Gabe? Yep, I'm all good. Fantastic. Mike, are you ready? As ready as I will ever be. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Glass Half Sports. I am uh, one half of your hosting duties, Nick Huffman. Glad to have you. It is Thursday, December 30th, uh, 2021. Wow, where has the entire year gone? So excited to be getting to 2022 and to be doing it with you. Wow, yeah, dad jokes all over the show today. Um, as always, joined by somebody that we have an announcement for. Gabe, can you go ahead and run the sound effect? Yes, hold on one one second. I'm sorry. You're all good. Here we go. Uh, big news. Mike got engaged over Christmas. Congratulations to you, my guy. Thanks. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, yeah, so popped the question on Christmas Day. Woo! She thankfully said yes. So we've uh, already started wedding planning. No. <laughs> wow, right from the fun stuff into all of the headaches. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so well, last night we were banging out a guest list for a couple hours. Nice. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Gabe, I can just hear the giggles. Oh, uh, well, you just don't know. I, I've Gabe has been through one. I have been through one. You know, life is a life's a tidal wave. Uh, sometimes and, uh, you ride it. Sometimes it's white caps. So combined with you and Gabe, what are we over to right now? So yeah, hopefully third time's the charm. Yeah, Mike is not going to wind up a statistic like the rest of us in the studio. I don't even have the confidence to go on Tinder. So yeah, like, yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, But welcome. Welcome in, man. Glad that that congratulations to Sam, Samantha as well, and baby Ty. So uh, why don't you run us through what we got going for the show today? Yeah, big show today to end the year. Going to do our Vikings then and now segment. Getting close to the end of that segment it's looking yeah. like uh late season surprises around the nfl a couple um, of them few of them i would say more than a couple yeah um we're gonna do an extra early playoff game watch kind of predict what games are gonna happen and talk about those games well i mean there i think there are some playoff games that are happening this week true for specific teams that as well uh and then we're gonna do our wild wolf watch check in with our winter sports teams and then our glass half topic of the day Awesome. What platforms can they find us on there, Mikey? Yeah, just like always, guys, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and Spotify. Fantastic. And uh, hopefully before next week's show, Patreon as well. Sure. We have, if you missed the live show, where else can you find us? Oh, you can find us on uh, MCN6 on Roku or online Fridays at 7, Saturdays at 2. Sounds correct. That's right. That's Channel 6. That's local cable, folks. We are big time here, just not quite Hollywood. Right. All right. So, uh, as always, glad to have you guys. We can jump right into the Vikings then and now segment. Another disappointing loss. I'm going to let you go first because I have some things that I feel the need to say, but don't want to step on you if, you know, that opportunity, if step over that point if, you know, I get rambling here. Yeah. So, unfortunately, um, I had to rewatch this one. Yeah. Um, because I was scheduled to work, my big boy job. Uh, on Sunday, so unfortunately I missed it live, but I got the fortunate, uh, unfortunate, <laughs> unfortunate, I guess, um, path of listening to it on the radio. Oh no! Um, With the ever so faithful PA, right? Yep. And uh, the, I mean, the biggest thing to me is whenever you can turn the ball over or make the other team turn the ball over three times, you should win the football. You game. should win the football game. Yep. Um. Wasted chances were basically the epitome of this game. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be kind of the storyline of this season as well. 
um, just wasted chances. Yeah. So, and it's felt like that way all year. I have felt like on days where we have had great offensive productivity, our defense has, the secondary has lacked. There has been no push on the defensive line. Okay. When the defense steps up and holds teams to 13, the offense only scores 12 or 14, right? Like, all season, and when both of those two things have been good, we've had special teams miscues, you know, missed field goals, missed extra points, you know, blocked punts, um, botched punt returns. All of those things have happened to the Vikings this year. This And this is part of the reason why I think it is time for a change, because this is not a cohesive unit anymore. Right. This team, whether anybody wants to admit it or not, is somewhat fractured in a way. There's just no playing for each other. Right. I, I was been obviously very heavily watching this man in the arena thing with Tom Brady. And I tweeted out that I think NFL owners and GMs from this point should just be looking for a specific feeling in the locker room. I really don't even think it's the uh, the volume of talent that you have in it anymore. It's are those guys willing to go out there and dive on the sword for the guy that's next to them and for the city. Right. Right. Like play for your community at the very least, even if you don't like your head coach. And this year, I don't feel like that has been the case. I mean, I think there's the old saying, uh, the name on the front of the jersey is a hell of a lot more important than the, the name one on the back. back. Right, right. And so, and, and that kind of leads me into this absolute bullshit that we were fed. I don't know if you paid attention to K-Fan or any of the local stations of there being no energy in the building. Uh, I've heard that from a few different sources, actually. Okay, so what I have to say on that piece of it alone is Generate your own energy. Give the, You get paid millions upon millions of dollars to play a kid's game. Do you not? In the NFL. Yep. What you should be able to do is fire yourself up because you get paid additional or you get extra spotlight or extra pub making it to the playoffs. And this was your playoff game. And give something, give the fans something to cheer for. Then you can feed off of that. It's a go-between. Why did why is it that the, the 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 purple faithful or whatever Paul Allen calls them has to show up every Sunday and be the reason that the Vikings play hard? Why can't they play hard for us? Right. I mean, it's when you lose the fan base by playing mediocre consistently. It's it's not on the fan base to provide that energy, and you can't really turn around as a player and blame the fan base either. Right. Um, I think it was Irv Smith came out and basically said that it was the Christmas Day hangover or something that uh, well Justin just Jefferson is normal Justin Jefferson getting after guys too apparently in the locker room now now keep in mind Deshaun or uh, Stefan Diggs went and walked on out of town and this, it started a little bit like this one of the best young receivers in the game with a highly competitive spirit. And I know Gabe just commented in hard to play with a broken spirit, but a highly competitive spirit goes into the locker room every week and wants to win. Well, when they're not winning or playing up to the standard of what he probably sees at practice with these guys, talent wise, every single day, then he's trending towards frustration too. I'm not saying he's the same. And just Stefan Diggs has a little bit of diva to him, but I think we could all agree as Vikings fans at this point that nobody's really mad at him that he left. I would agree with that. I think there are a lot of Vikings fans that are mad about it. But, I mean, to go back on JJ, he was saying that, you know, they, they were, there was complacency and there just wasn't that much energy. JJ also bought and wore a $200,000 grill during the game. Right. Now, so you cannot tell me that his top priority was 
the Los Angeles Rams. I would agree. He he was trying to show up for picture day, pretty right. much. Knowing he OBJ and Jalen Ramsey and the record. And now I will say this. I have I am not nearly hyper talented enough to criticize what the off-field decisions of a, a a Jetta is, right? But there were some dropped passes. There I mean, were some balls he didn't get to if you're watching the game, when you watch that game back, that you feel like he should be able to grab if that's how you're going to present yourself. Correct. And when a player starts to criticize the fan base, that, to me, gives permission to the fan base to start criticizing said player. 100%. 100%. Hey, there's give and take in everything, right? Now... The other piece of this is, and I wanted, because you watched it back, I wanted to talk about this. NFL officiating has been something that has been heavily discussed all year. There were two calls, two that I will point point out, and I'll leave the rest of them alone because there were some other outrageous ones as well in this game, where even with this on-field review, they got it wrong. Like, wrong, wrong. Yep. That Cooper Cup thing, that is a fumble. Now, obviously... Based on the win or loss, we need to remove that because the Vikings need to be able to put themselves in a position to where they're not relying on the referees to make a call that's going to win you a football game, right? But you can obviously see on any replay, he's still moving forward. Both feet are inbounds. The ball comes loose. Regardless of how this makes your on-field referees look, the fans, teams, and coaches, GMs, and owners need to be able to trust the guys that are sitting in New York making these calls because they're the ones they're going to for these brief reviews now. And I don't know if that's the case. I've always thought that there was a little home cooking in the black and white stripes. Yes. Go watch any green Bay Packer game. Yeah. It's 16 on 11. Yep. So I, I don't know as, as Vikings fans, we, we know we're never going to get the call that we're supposed to get. And yeah, I mean, it can be frustrating for sure, but until we have a team that the NFL wants to prop up and give that narrative to, I think we're always going to be on the bad side of those calls. Fantastic. I, and I don't disagree. And then the other one was that a couple of the egregious holding penalties against Michael Pierce late in the game. Yep. I mean, you can call a holding penalty on pretty much any play. Um, but, but when, when they're it, turned when sideways becomes, right, when it and comes, you can see it on national TV. It's, it's against the Vikings, man. Welcome. That's but that's it's what I mean. It's always going to be that way. That's where you it's should been that go way since the seventies. Go where, back and watch the Hail Mary against the Cowboys. That's where the guy in the booth should go. Hey, Jimmy. They they saw that on national television. You got to throw a flag here. It's that simple. Then people stop complaining about it, and maybe they take less heat for the rest of the bullshit calls that they miss that aren't on TV, that aren't center frame on national television. I mean. Yeah, it's just surprising to me. You know, when you <sighs> are part of high school football and there's like four guys out there or three guys even for some games. Like that's crazy. A small little crew and they, they see most things. Um, and then you have however many refs are in an NFL game. I mean, oh, how many like, do you want to put on the payroll? I think there's six on the field at a time and they miss things still. Yeah. It's uh it's surprising, but I don't know if it's necessarily missed or purposely not called at times. I would agree. I would agree. Um, so let's start to talk about here the the playoff picture. Now, there is still a route for the Vikings to get in. While I do feel they have relinquished the majority of their control at this point. Uh, and I know Gabe will pop the, uh, the, the tweet up here for us uh, from Will over at Score North. Um, with, uh, with the Saints losing, the Vikings' path to the playoffs is pretty straightforward. 
Uh, not at all an easy or likely road, but straightforward. Win out Green Bay versus uh, at Green Bay and versus Chicago. I believe that game's at home because we played the one in at Green Bay and then Chicago yep. here. Yep. So and then uh, the Eagles have to go one and one or worse um, at Washington or against Dallas, which is possible, but that would require us to beat Green Bay. I think the least likely thing out of those four games is us going into Lambeau. I would agree. And defeating the Packers. Um, Eagles will probably go one and one or worse. Yep. No matter how much our fan base here on this show is Eagles fans, the Eagles still are not that good. They're not. Just because our team is maybe a little worse, your team isn't that good either. Sorry, Beaks family. Um, no, they're not. They're inconsistent as hell. Um, but, you know. So, I mean, they're one game ab- above 500. So let's talk about it then. Do they get in at this point? Do they stumble their way into the playoffs? Because at this point, that could, as as everything else has gone wrong this season, that would be the final domino that falls. They back their way into the playoffs. I see pretty much a 0% chance that we go into Lambeau and beat the Packers. So do I. <sighs> But zero. I mean, there's never any given Sunday, right? There's Fine. never. I'll a give you zero a two percent chance. We're gonna finish the year at eight and nine. Okay, we're gonna beat Chicago at home. Week why 18. not? Why not can the last two games? And by the way, there are telltale signs that it's coming. By the way, you know who is dressed on Sunday that hasn't dressed all year? Mond. Kellen Mond was. Well, that dressed. was because Mannion was in COVID protocol, though. He could stay. He could very well just stay on the roster as uh, on the act with he's Thielen. That, he's with Thielen going either. to the IR, he's not that good either. I'm not saying that he, he is, is not the quarterback of the future, in my opinion. <sighs> that's an off-season conversation that me and you are going to have to have. But okay, that's fine. His throwing motion is trash, and it won't change. So, <laughs> hurt sucks, but we are winning uh, both games. We will wax Washington and Dallas. Will rest players. Yeah, I don't know if they can beat Dallas's backups. We'll see. Yeah, did you not see what they just did to Washington the other day? They castrated Ron Rivera's entire team. Yeah, I think that's because Washington brought their own benches, though. <laughs> it's very true. They're trying to get back at Dallas and just had that immediately backfire on them. For long-term health, would we prefer draft picks? Yeah, so I was looking at it, the other, and this is kind of what I was getting to. Right now, currently as we sit, we are the 12th overall pick. You know where Petty, uh, the kid from Pitts, projected to go? What, are you talking about the quarterback from Pitts? Yeah, Pickett. Yeah? You know where he's projected to go? Where? 16. Okay. So we're in range to get him still. Any further up, you could also be looking at guys like Hutchison if he falls. You could be looking at Stingley right at the top of the draft. At this point, it is probably your best bet. You have to remember who our GM is. So if we get top 12, top 10... It's going to get traded. It's going to get traded for three third-round picks. <laughs> but I don't want three third-round picks. I want well, a showstopper. Then, then you want Spielman out. That's what you want. I agree. So let's transition over to the, to the Packer game because I know there are some things that come out of this that me and you will probably need to be addressing next so week. So just to be clear, we're done talking about that Rams atrocity. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the future Packers atrocity that's coming up. Yeah. Okay. All right. So – What's the outcome of this game? They're they're down a few receivers. We get Dalvin back, but we lose Adam Thielen. And I've been preaching this up and down. He's the best red zone threat in the NFL, and it was evident when we did not have him on the field against the Rams. To be in the red zone five different times and only come away with, what, one touchdown? Yeah, and I mean, we are down our starting tight end. We have been all year. Yep. 
Um, Not that Conklin hasn't turned out to be an absolute stud in his place. But I'm going to, like, do you want a score prediction? I mean, I just want to know, matchup-wise, is there any chance? Because I feel like we are vastly outmatched on defense right now with the way that they can now run the ball downhill with A.J. Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones because of the way that we've yielded to the run all year on defense, which only leads to one-on-one coverage against Devontae Adams, which always leads to a loss. And then on defense, if there's one thing that our offense has never been able to do is neutralize nose tackles, like big nose tackles like Kenny Clark. And so I feel like this is something we could walk into Lambeau and leave with a shellacking. To be completely honest, I totally predict a shellacking. Okay, that's kind of where I was leaning to. Like we were just talking about, I think that locker room is fractured. I think Zimmer has lost control. Um, I don't think that the players are playing for each other. Traded in his football career for a 23-year-old blonde. How sad. I'll keep my opinion to myself on that one. Um, but, yeah, it's it's not going to be good for the Vikings or Vikings fans, I don't think. Um, I, I'm, unfortunately, we're going to split with the Packers this year. In a time when, where we could really use a win. Yeah. And, dude, I mean, I've been saying it every week. I really just don't think that these top teams in the NFC – are that good. Like, the Packers are in the number one seed right now. I think they're getting better as they're getting guys back. But I don't I mean, think they're, they're as good. good as... They're not as good as some of the teams in the AFC. Definitely not. I, As weird as this is to say, and it, as du- difficult as it is to prove, the one seeds from this year are not as good as the one seeds in years prior. I would agree. You know, See what I'm saying? Yep. Like, they're not as dominant. You don't have the confidence in those teams going into the playoffs. Like, oh, they're just going to... Roll through. Roll through. Um... They're just not that high-end powerhouse type one seed that we're used to seeing. Dallas can be on a good day, but they're Dallas. Green Bay can be on a good day, but they're Green Bay. They're inconsistent as well, and yep. like half their wins have come because either the refs or the other team has made some horrible mistake in the right. last minute. So we'll get to Gabe's question here: Does Zim get fired after the loss? What's your what's your score prediction? How ugly does this get? Because keep in mind, folks, before you tuned into this show, if you were listening to Paul Allen, uh, the, the hashtag faithful nation, the purple people leader, uh, he had the his entire first hour dedicated to how are we going to be able to pull off enough trick plays on special teams to beat Green Bay. And that is the most optimistic Vikings fan probably in existence. So what's the score? 42 to 17. I'm going to go 30 to 10. Okay. So 25, 20. Yep. We get beat by a lot. Yeah. Uh, If there's an opportunity for you to take the over, take it. Yeah. If you're betting anywhere. And I don't predict that Zimmer gets fired after this one. I mean, there's one week left. You have to. You have to. I'm sorry. You have to. And the only reason I'm saying this is because Jacksonville has already put out requests to everybody that is a suitable candidate for Mike Zimmer's replacement, and, and we nobody need to be wants at the to top of that list. That, it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's you know just the number one advantage. team for a future head coaches right now? Us. Minnesota Vikings. Damn straight. So if it's a week behind, people aren't going to sign a three-, four-year contract and it's, predicate the the – path of their career off waiting one week no, for a head coach to get fired. I agree, but I think the Vikings are in a different situation because what needs to happen is it's not just Zim that needs to go. It's Rick 
And we talked to Arif about this. I think it's number eight too. So to be honest with you. I think they're all tied together. So yeah, it's only a week head start, but if that extra week gives you enough time to make sure you have the right GM, your GM can pick your head coach, you get some of that cohesion. And then those two can look at potential trade offers for Kirk pre-draft. And I know there seems like there's a lot of time in there, but there's really not when you're going to be interviewing for both those positions and then integrating a new culture. I mean, the draft is four months from um, now. Well, three and a half, basically. Okay. So you see what I'm saying? Every day no, at four, this point four. does, every day at this point does matter. Right. I think if we get embarrassed in Green Bay, the between how upset the fans will be realizing their season is over, the fact that Thielen is shut down for the season already, Kirk only has one year left on his deal. Obviously, Zim ends with a losing record. I think we see both heads roll Tuesday morning. Not a chance. I don't know, man. You want to bet? No, because I'll, I'll bet you a dollar. I'll bet you a dollar that Zimmer finishes the season. I don't because I think they're going to give the final game to Andre Patterson. Okay. Oops. As a Sorry. as a as a as a small interview as a on the job interview. So um, yeah, that kind of answers my question on on the Zim thing. Any other Vikings related comments, questions, concerns, complaints? Mike, there's always next year. There's always next year. That is true. Let us know what you guys think on uh, the the Vikings loss to the Los Angeles Rams last week uh, and what you think the playoff route is, if we have one, and the outcome of the Green Bay Packers game. Are you taking the over or the under? And uh, by how much? Doug Peterson to Minnesota would be a super underrated move. He could do so much with the talent in many. Mike is literally lighting on fire on the inside at that comment. Thanks, Dylan. I appreciate it. Um, he's going to break one of his fingers over here behind his computer. He does not like Doug Peterson. But let us know what you guys think on the Minnesota Vikings, and we can scoot on over to our next segment. What do we got, Mike? Um, so, yeah, there's a few games that are going to be played here in Week 17 that are basically playoff games. Nope. Late season surprises for 16, oh, buddy. Dang it. Getting ahead of yourself. Getting ahead of yourself. All right. So, yeah, late season surprises. Yep, so uh, there were a couple of games from this last week that were surprising. That... It's a surprise that we're this late in the season, and I'm still making mistakes. How about that for a late oh, season surprise? Still season one, right? By Minnesota standards, you could be here for four or five more years at a $30 million contract and I not could. be able to produce. Just keep making mistakes. There you go. Shout out Kirk Cousins. Um, but we got some late season surprises for week 16. Wanted to go through a couple games with you. First of all, how about the goddamn Miami Dolphins rattling off a seventh straight win? Wow. Dude, their schedule is so favorable, though. <laughs> like, they just got the Saints with a brand new rookie quarterback. Aye, guys never, quarterback. guys never thrown a pass to any of the receivers that he had to be on Monday Night Football with. Yeah, and but they I, were one in seven, Mike. I get that. Look at the six games or the seven straight games. Like, let's pull this up. Watch right. this. I was looking at this the other day, and there are some teams in the NFL that have all of the luck. And it's so frustrating because guess who never has any of that luck? Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota right. teams in general. So let's start here. So who'd they beat? They they started the win streak against the Texans. Okay. Easy win. The Ravens, and I'm almost positive Lamar didn't play. It doesn't matter. They were so hurt. The Jets. That's an easy one. The Panthers. Easy win. The Giants. Easy win. The Jets. The, the Saints. Easy They've win. played the garbage half of the NFL for seven. Everybody's like, oh my gosh. 
Miami's for real. <laughs> Miami can beat a fourth grade team, guys. That's good for them. Once that, they start playing actual NFL teams again, we'll see how it goes. I agree. But and so they finish a, with the Titans and Patriots. They're going to lose their last two. Oh, I don't know about that. Co something to be said about confidence. Now, I do think that this team turned a corner and they're not making the same mistakes that they were making. You don't think the Titans are confident sitting at 10 and 5 right now without Derrick Henry? Oh, I think they totally are. But I think they've also shown some cracks in the armor as of lately because of how injury riddled they have been. My my thing is with the with the Dolphins. I feel like there's a camp out there that sees them as the one in seven Dolphins. This team fucking stinks. There's a team out here that sees them as the currently like seven and O Dolphins. This team's the best. We're going on a Super Bowl run. I think they're fucking smack dab in the middle. They're the Minnesota Vikings. They're not as great as people think they are. They're not as bad as people think they are. And that's the unfortunate truth. They'll probably steal one here at the end of the season because they always manage to do so against the Patriots. Or maybe they grab one from the Titans because they are playing as a more cohesive unit, right? It's not just their quarterback. It's not just their running backs. They are playing as a well-rounded team, even if it is against bad competition right now. Everybody is putting forth that effort. I think there's a lot to be said about the fact that that is the case. Once the trade deadline passed and the Deshaun Watson thing was pretty much put to bed at least for the year. I know I think the Vikings are a much better team than the Dolphins, but if we played each other, we'd probably find a way to lose. So I can't really say anything. Exactly. But I can say the Dolphins have still, even with an eight and seven record, have allowed more points than they've scored. Because when they play good teams, they get blown out. They're not good. <laughs> All right, so let's 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 do hypotheticals. Let's say Tua does drag this lifeless Dolphins franchise into the playoffs this year. Beat first round. Doesn't Beat the breaks off. Doesn't matter. Round. How long has it been since Miami's been in the playoffs? Off the top of my head, I have no idea. It's been a while. If that's if you have to think, that I mean, hard it would have had it. to have been a wild card because Brady basically owned that division from two thousand to two thousand. My point exactly. Nineteen. So it's been twenty years, give or take. Before they've been ridiculously relevant, it was probably if they made the playoffs, it was the Ricky Williams return team with uh, Brown in the backfield when they were running a ton of that wildcat type stuff. See, I mean, here's the thing, though. If you're a Dolphins fan, do you, can you really even complain? You have the only undefeated season ever. Yes, you can. 20 years of being an irrelevant franchise after winning a Super Bowl has got to be painful. But my point being, if he gets them to the playoffs since it's been so long, what, at what point, or is that the point where the owner should just go, okay, we're backing off the Deshaun Watson thing? I mean, they went to the playoffs in 2016. Okay. So that's fair. Like five years ago. It's been a dumpster fire since then. If he gets them to the playoffs, don't avoid the question. Does the Deshaun Watson talk stop? I mean, I would say no. Because Tua wow. just gives them another trade piece. If he is playing well. Wow. Do you but, think it stops? Yeah. I mean, I kind of think it does. All right. With, with, with Dougie Mills in Houston? Who's a baller? Who? Davis Mills? Oh, you said Dougie. Yeah, it's his nickname. Oh, well, Dougie Mills? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, because do you think Davis Mills is really the... <laughs> hey, man, he's Tom Brady. <laughs> the look on Mike's face. I mean, it's doable. A lot of things are doable. Doesn't mean that they will or should happen. Fair.
Also fair. Okay, it, so it's doable for the Vikings to you know actually perform on Sundays and make the playoffs. Not gonna happen. All right. So you think no matter what that the trade talks persists into the offseason? I would say at, at least the talks persist, yes. If not, Deshaun Watson actually ends up in Miami. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let us know what you guys think on uh, the Dolphins. You got the uh, the Chargers with another odd loss, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to their youth more than anything. But this was a playoff, a borderline playoff team last year. Yeah, it's a new year. It's a new crew, right? Different guys. I mean, here's the thing. That Texans team is not good. Yeah, my point exactly. If How are you losing to the Texans? Could have been an Dougie Mills. God, I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> I think it's more of an emotional hangover from an OT game with the Chiefs. And then you yeah. have a crap team in the Texans possibly overlook them. Like, I think that this was more of a psychological loss than a true. Like, if those teams run it back 10 times... Chargers win at least nine of them. Not with Dougie Mills. Oh my God, I'm gonna get you a Dougie Mills hoodie or no, something. No, you're not. But what? So what is it that's getting them beat? Because obviously there's a recipe that even bad teams can duplicate. Then what is it? Where did? Where are they? I mean, you where do they struggle? Forty plus points. I don't care who you're playing. You're probably gonna lose. So it's that defense. Wasn't their defense supposed to be super good this year with James being back? Yeah, I mean they have big names. Yeah, Bosa. Only guy that they really lost as a pass rusher was Ingram. Right. Um, I mean, what was Paul Allen saying when we played the Chargers that Bosa isn't that great? Yeah, his brother's better. Right. I would agree with that. Okay. I mean, that's fair. So defensive upgrades next year. Maybe just finding, I mean, it could be a very similar situation as the Vikings. It's just like finding those role players, right? Like you have the big names. You got to fill in the spots around those big names and make sure that you know, they're doing something. Yeah. Here's the thing that's about this Texans team, too. That team is clearly playing hard. They don't quit. It's a credit to that coaching staff and that group in that locker room. Oh, what um, accuracy. <laughs> Name one thing Mike gives credit to outside of Minnesota and eggnog. <laughs> Why do you hate the world, Mike? I don't hate the world. Our, our commenters want to know. Why do you hate the world? I don't know. <laughs> I'll come up with an answer later. <laughs> come up with an answer later. Um, no, nah, it's just, I mean, no, that Texan team definitely plays hard. Harder than you would expect a team with that record to play. Do you think that's coaching staff? Have they really started to turn the culture down there? I mean, something is definitely going on in Houston, right? Like, I mean, it could be sometimes when you get a new quarterback that is playing somewhat well, the team can truly rally around him. Yeah. Um, so maybe it is your boy, but I'm not going to say he's the next Tom Brady. All right. Well, let us know what you guys think on the uh, another odd Chargers loss. Um, then how about the Cardinals? You kind of called this last week before the, uh, before the Colts game. I mean, they're just... I don't want to throw... Sh they remind me of a high school football team I used to play against um that we knew that they were just going to throw the ball 40 times very white collar is what we called them um and if you punch them in the mouth they don't want to play anymore yeah uh it's basically a glorified seven on seven team down there in arizona yeah um there's not much physicality like i i i thought that james connor would bring kind of that chip to the offense right yeah 
But they don't ever put, he never seems to be in situations anymore where they run him downhill. Right. Which eliminates and, a lot of his ability. And I feel ability. like that they're missing like a whole section of their playbook where they should have James Conner going straight downhill, having a tight end like swipe across and an inside zone split or something like that, and then possibly miss that DN on purpose and read him and let Kyler run. Yeah. Um, get James Conner going down. Like there's no physicality to this Cardinals team. And I think that that's been their downfall. They started super hot. But when you have no balance, right? It, NFL teams are not going to just let you run through them. Did they seem more physical at the beginning of the season? Not really. I mean, I they had so D Hop. You know, yeah. So they were and just JJ Watt throwing I mean, the ball all over the yard. Having JJ Watt is a big game changer. I I know a lot of people. The stats aren't there for him anymore, but like, you line him up anywhere on the offensive line, and he's gonna beat some. He's He's going to make it tough, right? Great he's locker gonna, room guy, too. Yeah, and he hasn't obviously been able to play. Are they going to slide? How far back are they going to slide here? I don't know if they win their next two. I don't either. I mean, who do they have? Look at their running game, too, against the Colts. Uh, Chase Edmonds had 16 carries yep. for 56 yards. Wow. 3.5-yard average, um, not going to cut it. Nope. And then Jonathan Ward did get a carry for uh, three yards. So they had 17 total carries by running backs. Yeah, that's tough. Um, they're, you're just not going to win a lot of games that way with Kyler throwing the ball 40-plus times. Is Cliff Kingsbury's, while you look while you look up what their next two games are, is Cliff Kingsbury's seat without a, without a contract still hot if they slide this hard towards the end of the season? I think it possibly could be just because of their hot start, and it's kind of an implosion. Yeah. Um, but they play the Cowboys on the second. Okay, loss. I think that might be a loss. Yeah. And then they play the Seahawks to end the year. They probably win that game, but I promise you That's it's not That's because pretty. the Seahawks are... They're, well, they're going to... There's another team that I think is probably going to fold it in early. Wilson's going to be looking for a way out, and that last week of the season might be where we start to see... Hey, I'm not playing. I'm not doing this anymore. I got to save my body. I want to go play somewhere else. So you think he doesn't even play? Potentially. That's actually a uh, – we don't have it on the run sheet, so I guess we won't talk about it. <laughs> but, okay, so if they go one and two or, that, or one and one, what's that leave them at? Um, if they go one and one, that leaves them at 11 and six. Rams are sitting at 11 and four right now. So the Rams would have to lose out. I don't know the tiebreaker between the two. So I, I don't know if the Rams clinched the West yet. They have not. Nobody. Okay. We'll so if the they haven't, then minute, but. if the Rams lose out and the Cardinals, Cardinals can win out or go one and one and tie and might be able to win it that way too. But you gotta, you gotta get one right. If have you lose both, have to get one. Limping into the playoffs like that Cowboys. is gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. So yeah, it's just uh, not great for them. But then we uh there's something else I wanted to talk about. Wouldn't it be nice if we played the Eagles, Washington and the Giants twice a year? Yeah, would be. Or you know, if we were in the division of or in Tom Brady's division where it was, I mean, or where it now is pretty much or was him in three garbage teams. I mean, it basically is that way again. Look at that NFC South. Yeah. Like Saints are garbage. He showed up and everybody's Saints like, "Fuck garbage. this shit, I'm leaving." I'm Dolphins not are garbage. Yeah. So, yeah, and then... Tom uh, does a really good job of making sure he's always in the worst division in football. With the best team. Right. Playing the best football. <laughs> what a... What a genius. What a genius. Kind of LeBron Jamesy. A little bit. A little bit. 
Wow. A little bit more like than I may have thought. All right. Last one I want to talk about is going to be Baker botches another opportunity. I have been on this train. I have been driving this boat, blowing the horn all season long. And he gifted Cliff Kingsbury a hot seat for Christmas. And that defense, multiple turnovers, and probably cost himself another $10 million in contract negotiations overall with that absolute egg that he laid on Christmas. Yeah, I mean... There were some play calling things that I found a little confusing to say oh, the we're least. We're gonna pin it on play calling again. I mean, dude, Nick Chubb averaged seven and a half yards per carry, and they gave him the ball only seventeen times. All right, I'm glad that you brought you're bringing up the stats because I have some stats for you. Gabe, what, four picks. Nope, Gabe. Can I get some? Can I get uh, the image? All right, so we'll go. I'm just. I'm gonna ask you just because men will lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. Right? That's kind of the saying. So these are all of Baker's wins throughout the season. Right, in total, in wins, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. He's played six games, and he averages 200 yards passing per game in all of their wins. Right, give or take. Have I ever said that Baker Mayfield is a top 10 quarterback? No. Have I ever said that? No. You said that he's a Heisman level. If you opened it up, now this is fine. I did say that. This is fine. Right. This, this I can deal with if this is how you're winning football games, right? He's not necessarily responsible for the win, but he's not costing them games. Can I get the other image, Gabe? Their losses. Yeah, you're going to be astounded when you see this. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. All right, here's the other one. It's picks. Eight touchdowns thrown. Okay, so, but he's played one extra game. Seven INTs, five lost fumbles. He's accounting for 13 12 or 13 turnovers here. Yep. And all of their losses and his yards per game is up 60 yards. His attempts are up another five attempts per game. He is not a franchise quarterback. He is a game manager. You could not trust him to open it up even if you wanted to because when you open it up with him, he makes those mistakes. That's what I've been trying to tell you all season. Here's the thing, though. You got to go look at the plays that they're opening it up for. Like... Gun for receivers? Seems fine. It's the play action crosses and goofy crap from the NFL that, I don't know. Okay, but if you if you turn into that shotgun spread them wide team, you lose a lot of the physicality on what this team is built around. That's why I said he's not a fit for the Browns. That's my That's been my whole point this entire time, is he came from a high-scoring, prolific offense at Oklahoma where they were four to five receivers, and he was able to use speed all over the yard to a team in the NFL that has probably two of the best running backs in the league, a great offensive line, a great defense. They need a game manager. Hey, she uh, she copied your quote from last week. Yep. Gardner Minshew is everything Baker Mayfield was supposed to be. Very true. But, like, I don't know. What's the difference between Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins? Kirk probably has a better arm. $90 million, that's it. No, that's Kirk has a better arm. That's the only difference. And I think Kirk's probably, his football IQ is probably higher than Baker's. There's a reason they don't let Kirk change stuff at the line or call his own plays. Is Baker doing that? No, but like you can't say that Kirk is better because they're at the same level. I, I just, it, it, it astonishes me. Time Baker t- can move. A little bit. 
a little Kirk bit. Kirk is like molasses in January in Minnesota. It's true. It's frozen solid. But it's just in Baker is just such an anomaly to me because I feel like if you open it up, he'll make the mistakes. But I feel like if you leave it closed, you'll limit him. And then nothing comes of, you know what I mean? Like nothing good comes of closing it off either. So in those situations, maybe he's just not meant to be, even if it is with the Browns, I just don't think he's meant to be a, a, a quarterback on a contending team. So between Davis Mills and Baker Mayfield. Davis Mills. Jesus Christ, Nick. All right. Dougie on. Mills. I'm off the Baker train. This guy stinks. Mills train. Whoop, whoop. Pulling into the station. Oh, we're going to replay his draft. Yeah, look. Oh, no. Everybody was upset when they drafted him, too. I just, I don't, I don't look get it Look at all of the quarterbacks that the Browns have had over the last, oh, our, our lifetimes. Yes. He's by far the most successful quarterback that they've had in those 22 years. Oh, just because he's the piece of shit that stinks the least doesn't mean you got to keep him around. What's <laughs> what what's next if you don't keep him? Four quarterbacks in four years again? A chance? Deshaun Kaiser? Like, let's Deshaun not forget Kaiser. where they were. Let's not. They have the talent in the coach now, though, I believe, to go get the right quarterback. Sure. I'll agree with that. So you can move off Baker. You're not cornered into having to keep him. I mean, does it play into at all that he's been playing with basically a horrible shoulder and it hurts every time he throws? If it was that bad, sit out. What, Don't so you can let Case Keenum try to take your team to the playoffs? Yeah, because he's probably aware that if Case Keenum gets in there, that he'd be taking this team to the playoffs. But I... I fully believe that's, that Baker that's is not scared the attitude shitless. I want out of my quarterback. I want my quarterback to, dude, like Brett Favre, man. Doesn't matter if you got a broken ankle, like come out and hobble up. Like you want a whatever gives your to team have, the best chance to win. No fucking way. Are you yes. joking me right now? Whatever gives your team. If the you're best the quarterback of an NFL team, you're going to try to play and lead that team. I don't care if no, dude. That Thirteen. Is Show me one quarterback that was like slightly banged up and was like, you know. I think that the best path for the team is actually for me to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sit and let my back, not one Bledsoe Bledsoe was actually hurt and couldn't play and then could play and, and then he was better. My point. Exactly. Baker probably sees that and goes, I don't want to lose my job. Alex Smith lost his job to Colin Kaepernick and Patrick I, Mahomes. I don't think he's worried about losing his job to as much as I absolutely love case Keenum. I don't think he's worried about losing his job to an absolute career backup i don't know i i don't know man especially with the system fit the coaching relation he would absolutely more than likely be losing his job then why haven't they made that move then if, if you think case keenum is that much better if you bench baker now what's his trade value i mean what's his trade value now that he's playing that of a starting quarterback mm -hmm. if you bench him it's not that they've painted themselves into a corner I don't know, man. I don't think there, there's one quarterback in the NFL today that would be slightly banged up and would purposely sit down because he thinks that him but at 75% is worse than the He individually is minus five in turnovers in all of the games that they lose. Minus five. Okay, how many of those picks hit off a receiver's hands? How many of those fumbles a left tackle missed a block? Like, that's the thing about turnovers is you can't just look at the guy. Like, yes, numbers don't lie. Sure. 
we've been watching just a string of these yep. things. And I got to say, I'm shocked how many are just bad targeting on his part. Is he that just something you think can be taught, Mike? You have expertise in that. Can accuracy actually be yes. appreciably taught? Yes. The I thing think about last accuracy week you is said actually, no. What? I believe we brought this up last week and you said no. You can't teach accuracy. So there's like a God-given talent to it for sure, but it's footwork. Like, go back and watch that same lowlights. That last pick, he was, like, running forward in the pocket for absolutely no reason. Set your feet, throw the ball. Because he's not an NFL franchise quarterback. Like, an NFL franchise quarterback will set his feet and deliver the ball. The guy that you want makes the right decisions from top to bottom. When they drafted him, I was like, yeah, I see it for Cleveland. But any other team... This is not a number one overall pick. He's not going to get the money he wants. But it was wide. I almost feel like I could kick his ass, too. I oh, mean, I, I'm yeah. not there yet, but close. Oh, yeah, his careful. Baker's atrocious. Baker's dangerous. Scrap. His base is too wide. But look at, he's throwing three, he threw into three defenders right there. Yeah. He's overthrowing people a lot, I'm seeing. His base is way too wide. Now, that one is on the, that one's on the receiver. The reason his base is why is because he's got shit in his pants. I mean, he could, he definitely could have shit in his pants. And especially as a guy who's not exactly the tallest. Okay, so here's the deep shot. Anywhere close? No. Nope. I mean, I'm not, again, I've never said Baker's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He's not a top 15 quarterback. Is he top 30? Maybe. Okay, so he's a starting maybe. quarterback in the NFL. Thank Top maybe. 30. <laughs> I mean, there's 32 teams. That's good. That's he's true. Top 30, he's a starter. He'll find a place to start. Maybe. He's going to be like Cam Newton next year or within the next couple of years. The fact that you like Davis Mills over Baker Mayfield, I feel like shows everything that we need to know. Is Baker is is Davis Mills leading a horrible See, team? Why wouldn't he just run there? His it's uh, I don't know if he like. Let's do this. His decision making ability. What are you looking up? Is that panic more like when you see a guy overflowing or overthrowing time after time after time? Is that a panic thing? Do you see that as or general fear? Or? Typically, when you overthrow, you're leaning back on your back foot and or crouching more than you need to. Um, in my experience playing the position, if I'm pressured early in games, I do have a tendency of sailing, sitting back on my back foot and sailing the football. So we've experienced that. Yes, it, it is what it is. It's just a, it's a thing. Looking up? Who is the Cleveland Browns quarterback coach? Who is it? Anybody of note? Should it be you? I mean, it's Alex Van Pelt is the name that I'm finding. Oh, it, it is Alex Van Pelt. Uh, relation to Scott Van, uh, relation to Scott Van Pelt, I believe. No way. Yes. Really? Uh-huh. You're a fountain of knowledge. I try. Mike's also got his laptop open, so I'm kind of cheating. And we're all drinking from it. Aw. Please, children, come drink from my fountain. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think when you take a quarterback number one, you need to be able to see some development and some gaining ground, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that all of that falls on the quarterback. It's got to fall on the coaching staff as well. There's no been no development of Baker Mayfield, so... I want to read this comment. What's it say? So 
He's only top 30 if we are comparing rookie QBs, which Ooh. shouldn't be fair. Trevor Lawrence in three years will be much better than Baker. I agree. I think Davis Mills will be better than Baker in three years. Justin Fields probably a better option, possibly in Chicago in three years. No, nah, because then there's guys like Daniel Jones, who I would bounce out of the league quicker than a tennis ball. Like, I, he's awful. Like, I don't necessarily agree with some of the other quarterbacking options that are out there right now. So, I mean, so if you're the New Orleans Saints... Baker's you your best jump option. all over Baker Mayfield right now? But here's the thing. Is he that much different than Jameis? He's Jameis without the arm strength. Both of them make at least, awful at least, decisions. At least Baker throws more touchdowns than picks. I will also agree that I think Baker needs to be in the perfect situation. Drew Brees and Baker, comparable quarterbacks, size, arm strength, accuracy, being in a system like that where it's a lot of bubble check down, short slants, game management style oh, stuff. Open it up so you can hit them. Oh, game management that. style stuff where you're running downhill still probably quite a bit with, you know, Alvin Kamara and another back. Yeah, that's probably a good situation for him because Sean Payton has experience with a quarterback like that. But that's the only other place in the, le- place in the league I'd see him succeeding. I guess we'll see. All right. Uh, Let us know what you guys think or if there were any other Week 16 surprises. Um, I mean, was this Baker botching another opportunity or was it just the Packers getting lucky again? Uh, Baker, Four picks, dude. And they lost by two. Four picks. And they lost by two. The Packers aren't that good. If the Packers would have lost that game, we would be having a a much different conversation because I think that that would be horseshit on the Packers' side. But you can't throw four picks. They were on the fringe of, hey, are we going to be a playoff team? That's the other thing that didn't get mentioned here. This is a game where Baker, had he just been efficient, probably would have won them a game and kept them alive in the playoffs. But instead, so he how many bed. close games has Cleveland had this year where they should have been a playoff team and they botched like how many of them? Four, quite five? a few. Okay, how many games have the Packers won by less than three points? Quite a few. No, I'm just saying it's a game of inches. I don't know, man. Baker's a soft four. <laughs> I'm not touching that with the 10-foot pole. All right. All right, so let's move on to the uh, early playoff games. There are some games coming up for this week in uh, the NFL that are going to have some pretty heavy uh, playoff implications um, as teams try to weasel their way into the remaining wild card spots. Uh, so let's go over a few of them. Um, first of all, we've got... Chiefs versus Bengals at noon on Sunday. The best quarterback in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I was actually thinking the same thing when I was talking. Joe Burrow is an animal. He is so good. He And he does not fucking care. Nope. He doesn't care. He, I'm going to go out and outplay you. Every smoking the cigar after the national championship was all I needed to know. <laughs> Should the, yeah. Man, he's 525 he's a, yards. He's a monster. It's so impressive to me that even without the offensive line, like my main concern all year was, oh, they're going to fucking break him. Like somebody's just going to go Blitzburg on, decide to go Blitzburg on the Bengals, and that'll be the recipe for the remainder of the season, and they will wilt and fall apart when Joe Burrow gets hurt. Well, he's stayed, other than a throat contusion, relatively healthy. And a throat contusion. No, he had one at one point. He got like punched right in the Adams. Adams. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, beating up on the Ravens, oh. 41 to 21. How often, no matter how strapped they are, do you ever see the Ravens lose a game like that? Never. Yeah, not very often. 
I mean, and he doesn't have a favorite target. He'll throw it to anybody. Who's first in the AFC North right now, man? And I called that. I said it was going to be the Bengals. Yeah, and I know it's uh, it's that's a weird division because their first place team is nine and six. Their last place team is seven and eight. Yeah, it's very within two games congested, very congested with two games to go. Yeah, I mean the Ravens aren't in the playoffs right now. Let's let's. They were the they were a top team in the AFC as of four weeks ago. They are no longer in the playoff picture. They have lost four straight. They they were sitting at eight and three. Now they're at eight and seven. Um, we said it though. That's probably the best thing for them. I'm still just hoping my Steelers prove you wrong. I really don't. They're really seven don't. seven and one. They could do it. They're not making the playoffs. But let's talk about this this Kansas City matchup. So Kansas City's gotten hot as of recent. That defense seems to be turning the corner. Who wins and why? I had a hard time picking this one. I'm gonna excuse me. I'm gonna say Chiefs. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say it's a close game. What it is that elevates the Chiefs is experience in these these playoff playoff type types atmosphere games. Um I'm going to say it's really close, though. This can be a fun one to watch. I think the ball is going to be... Lots of fireworks? Yeah. That's what I got, too. So I'm going to say, let's go 38-31, Chiefs. 33-30, Cincy. Okay. I'm, I think with the amount of weapons that they have that are healthy, right? You look at T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, Mixon... All the, all the guys that they – even all the way down to their tight end who probably doesn't get as much Uz, – Uzama. CJ Uzoma. Who doesn't get as much shine as he probably should. They've got a lot of weapons, and there are still holes in that Chiefs defense. Yes, they are turning the ball over. Yes, they are getting after the passer. But if they can keep Burrow as safe as they were able to keep him during that Ravens game, Chiefs are going to be in for a, a hell of a fight. And I think it just comes down to a defensive stop. And I think Trey Hendrickson probably comes up with something big or one of those safety. These teams are built very similarly. The Bengals now are no different than what the Chiefs in 2019. It is in Cincinnati as well. So I don't hate your pick. Who they? Who they? Who they say going to beat Joey B? That's not the song. It is now. No, it's not. <laughs> so, all right. What do we got next? Um, also playing on Sunday, the shockingly playoff-relevant Miami Dolphins yeah, and the Tennessee Titans. Titans. All over them. Sorry. I don't know. Their offense, passing-wise, has been so inept. That's fine. Defense and running. How, mu- how much Let's longer are they going to be able to... How much longer are they going to be able... Where's the game at? Um... Titans, Dolphins. I don't think it really matters. I do because of the weather. What weather? If it's hot in Miami, it gets pretty hot in that, like Tennessee. Not Nashville, in they- December. That's uh, uh, in Tennessee. I'm gonna go Titans, but I think this is another very close game. Um, and I think it's low scoring more than likely. Uh, the reason why is I think that these two coaches and players probably, uh, or or coach two player know them each other more closely than one would think so saturday in nashville yeah. just because you said it doesn't get that it's gonna be 74 degrees what's gonna be on sunday 43 yeah big change big swing but and Vrabel, snow between vrabes and brian flores both part of that patriots background i think 
they both understand what football this time of year is about. And I think you're going to get a very well-coached matchup between the two of them, and you're going to wind up with a 17-13 style win for Tennessee. 24-13. Oh, an embarrassment. Tennessee. It's good for me. I'm playing your dad in the... No one cares. In the fantasy football championship. I hope my dad kicks your ass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm eight years old again. My dad can beat your dad up. All right. It's different when you're sending your dad after me. <laughs> All right. Calm down, Michael. And then uh, the Monday night game, we get to talk about your favorite team, the Cleveland Browns, one more time. It's the it's the last gasp for either one of these quarterbacks. It's probably one of Ben's. I mean, one of them is a future Hall of Famer, and the other one's Ben Roethlisberger. I meant I'm that. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna sock Mike right in the face. Um, for me, it's one of the last real important games that Ben Roethlisberger can be a part of, and Baker. It's probably one of his last opportunities to prove that he deserves an extension. There's a lot more on this game than just the playoffs. There's a leg. There's legacy for both of these guys on the line. Both of these teams always play each other pretty close. Besides when the Browns run the you know, the tar right out of the Steelers. And I think that's their only recipe for winning. Monday night in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, see, I won't. I have it 2021. Uh, this is actually going to be a 2022 matchup. <laughs> Very clever, Michael. But no, I got it 20 to 21. Probably Pittsburgh. I hate to do that. If the, if the Browns are going to do it, it will be on the back of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, very similar to that playoff game that we saw. But I don't know if, with everything else that's going on in Cleveland right now, if they can pull that off. Is their offensive line back healthy yet? How many of their guys are still in protocol? Right? I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Me either. And a lot of those guys didn't play last week. You right. know what I mean? So there is, I mean, that's, that's actually something that I thought we were going to talk about today. Um, COVID is running rampant through like, all of sports right now. There's college football teams that are backing out of bowl games. Yeah. The NHL is shut down, which we'll get to. Um, so this is definitely something to watch as the NFL closes its season. Yeah. Um, what do the restrictions look like? Is it, It's being lowered from 10 to 5 days, supposedly, as well. Um, what does the playoff picture look like if they have to, quote-unquote, reschedule a game because a team has an outbreak? Aaron Rodgers goes back to daily testing super wild card weekend. Yeah, Rodgers. So is he going to go ahead and put together this type of season just to just to immunize his way out of the playoffs because they got to start Jordan Love in their first playoff matchup? <laughs> like, what the fuck? It's such a weird year for football. But I mean, Big Ben did tell reporters that this could be his last game at Heinz Field as well. Mm -hmm. So... Well, that his family traveled to his last one. They knew that it was going to be his last road primetime game. Like, this is his swan song. This is his. This was this year was his curtain call. You know what I mean? He's had a fantastic career. Um, I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for on the football field. I understand he's had his off field issues. Weird thing of trivia. Yeah. So, um, rest in peace to the late John Madden. Yes. As well. Um, absolutely transformed my life because i've spent hours and upon hours on his video game um but there's a guy who when he has contacts in can see the football when he crosses the goal line he scores a touchdown all right um but do you know what his last game ever was as a broadcaster what was it super bowl 43 okay 
Big Ben hitting San Antonio Holmes in the corner of the end zone to defeat the Kurt Warner-led Arizona Cardinals. Wow. Kind of cool. Yeah. There was there there has not and probably will not ever be a better ambassador for the sport of football than John Madden. I don't think there's going to be a better like caller commentating team than not if you keep Madden lining up guys like Chris Collinsworth. Worthless. Yeah, exactly. Kurt Kurt Collin home. I don't care. I, I, there's a million names for him, and it's just bad commentary. Ugh. But moment of silence for John Madden. Boom. All right, let's go. <laughs> So uh, let us know what you guys think the outcomes will be for some of these early playoff games for a couple of these teams. A lot on the line. Did we miss any? Uh, looking forward to getting uh, back to you either here on the show if you're commenting over at uh, Notoriety Sports Network on Facebook or after the show on any of our social media platforms where you can find any of our content to include Spotify. Yes, we are on there, folks. Feel free to listen to those episodes. And we can uh, move on now to uh, Wild Wolf Watch. So Hell yeah. just check in with the Minnesota Wild really quick. Did I see what I think I just saw there? I saw what I... Dylan Beeks just said, I guess I'm the only one who thought John Madden was already dead. I mean, rest in peace, though, or... Rest in power, though. Rest in power, though. All right, so every opinion Dylan gives us from now on is now tarnished. How did you not know John Madden was alive? He's a former Eagle, though. I can't praise him. Just because you guys have a trash fan base doesn't mean that the players that go through that organization are... You're getting attacked, Mike. Look what you've done to this show. I'm defending myself. I'm fine. There's one fan base that has ever thrown snowballs at Santa. Trash people. (laughs) Dirty birds. All right. Dirty birds. So the Wild have not actually played a game since the last time we did a Wild Wolf Watch. Oh, you mean there's been no hockey? There's been no hockey. Because of COVID? Because of COVID. The Omicron? Yes. Been bad. It's been pretty bad. But all signs point to us winning a Stanley Cup. Yeah. A hopeful winter classic on New Year's Day. With it being outdoors, I'm pretty sure they're going to be able to pull that off. Correct. Yeah. Well, that and the fact that it's already like built and set up, right. like they're not just going to lose all of that money. No. The Winter Classic is huge for crossover revenue for the NHL. It's been a big part of their showcase trying to like bring in different fans that they obviously very painfully need so i don't think that they'll they'll dismiss this but yes we do have the winter classic coming up um so for those of you who don't know yep uh it's going to be played at target field yes is the home of the minnesota twins which is an outdoor facility so on top of that uh real quick google search of the weather forecast for new year's day i think it's supposed to be pretty cold um they will be playing this game while mike luke's that up off of a four game losing streak to dallas buffalo the knights and the kings um so time to uh right the ship i guess so at puck drop it's supposed to be four below nice that is not wind chill nope so it's gonna be cold it's gonna be real cold fast ice <sighs> yep what gabe said yeah, I don't know if it's I'll, true. No, I, I'm sure it will be. I don't know why the temperature of the ice controls how fast it is. Also, miserable ice because it's uh, harder. Harder. I used to it's play colder. hockey. So yeah, I got you. I got Wait, you, Gabe. I can legs. really skate pretty well, um, other than turning or stopping. You ever seen a giraffe on skates, Gabe? <laughs> no, I've not. Want to? Yeah, sure. Come watch Mike skate. Um, but yeah, they'll have the Winter Classic. Hopefully. 
Um, I mean, that should be a good time. The fact it's all it's always cool. You get a little bit of nostalgia when Minnesota gets things like this. Um, they get you know when they had an All Star game for the Twins a couple years back uh, when we had the Super Bowl. This city just seems to buzz when we get things like that. So I'll be excited to. Man, if there was a way that the Timberwolves could play outside, I'd be all for it. I think Minnesota sports teams need to use our horrible weather to our advantage. Cat would leave so fast. Greg Monroe's all right. My beard is frozen. Um, but so they've got the the classic, um, and then they go on the road to play both Ottawa and uh, Boston, two teams from the 2021 playoffs uh, during the bubble. So, Mike, what is your prediction for the upcoming schedule? So hopefully we see you guys on January 6th. Uh, shout out. That is actually my brother Nick's birthday. Hi. Not you. Um, I know what your birthday is because it's the same as Ty Ty's. That's uh, right. So Saturday we're going to play in the Winter Classic against St. Louis. I predict that is a big wild win. Um, yes, if I recall the last time we played in the Winter Classic, I believe it was like a 7-0 to zero victory for the wild. This is the state of hockey. You realize that everybody that grows up here grew up playing out fucking side. Right. I mean, I work in sporting goods, folks. Trust me how many skates I've sold just for people to go out and pond skate. Um, people freeze their ponds in their backyard and go play hockey on that pond. So it's kind of crazy. A couple two-by-fours and a tarp. You can make a rink in your backyard. There you go. Um, and then, to be honest, I'm going to predict a loss against Ottawa. Okay. Um, but a tight one. I think... It's going to be a big emotional win against St. Louis. That game won't get done until 9 or 10 o'clock. And then, you know, traveling, yep. transporting to Ottawa. If that game is played, Canada is basically blocked off right now for right. the NHL. Right. Um, so I'm actually, you know, I'm going to change my prediction. I'm going to change my prediction to the fact that that game on the third does not get played. Okay. And then we see you guys back on the sixth talking about the Boston Bruins game that night. Is there any potential that we get one of our postponed games on the third, though? Because we've got a couple of those if they're going to close. It's definitely possible. Um, I think we've got postponements against Carolina and a couple of other not-so-fantastic teams. I think the, the Wild could go 3-0 and in this stretch. Well, I mean, we're going to see them on Thursday before the Boston game. Yeah, it's true. It's also very true. I didn't really look at the time. So I'll, I'll for sure say a win against St. Louis, and then the the game on the third is just so up in the air that right. I can't really make a prediction on it. Yeah, I mean, the majority of this is going to be centered around the Winter Classic anyways. I, what I would like to see more than anything is this is a showcase. This can be a statement game. There will be a lot of eyes on you. You're a young hockey team. You need to show you can rebound. You know, maybe scare some light or scare the life out of people who may want to come play you upcoming. The... We're not participating in the Olympics at this point. I know Dean Evason was going to be a part of that staff for the national team. Take this Speaking as... Speaking of Dean Evason, congratulations on your contract extension, sir. Oh, yeah, we are right. more than happy to have you. Stay. Please stay. Never leave. Forever. Forever. My precious. Okay. But, now, um, now you made it weird. But since he's not going to have the opportunity to go do the national team stuff, use this as an opportunity to get this team ready now. Right? Like, do... Any additional things that you need to do since all of the time you're going to have to dedicate to that national team, just re reinvest it here. Don't take your foot off the pedal. Get this team spun up before, you know, COVID shuts it down or whatever the case may be and we get a shortened season or you're going to have time away from your players or anything like that and make this a playoff-ready hockey team. It's If this is the time to move – if there was going to be a time to move the goalpost, move it now. So just – some points of optimism here for Wild fans. Yes. The Wild are on a four-game losing streak. 
even with the four-game losing streak, we are one point behind St. Louis yep. in the Central Division, and St. Louis has played two more games than us. Yeah. As far as seeding in the entire Western Conference, we are two points behind the Golden Knights, who have played three more games than us, and one point behind the Ducks, who have played three more games than us. So we're still, in my opinion, the number one team in the West. Right, but no time moving to into this stretch. And who do we get for the Winter Classic? Ottawa. No, no, the Blues. The Blues, which would be a big game to make up uh, in our division as well. Uh, if we hand them a loss and take a win, we will hop them in the Central Division. All right, so I guess we know what the recipe for success is. Go get a dub. Yep. What do you guys think the final score will be? Feel free to let us know in the comments. If you watch hockey, I know Tevin doesn't. Gabe does. I mean, at least he says he's a casual fan. We got to go to a game, man. We Anytime, man. Field I've been to, a, been to a few this year. Well, it's only 300 bucks to sit in the nosebleeds at Target Field. It's only like 40 bucks to sit in the nosebleeds at the XL Energy I know. Center. So, a little bit different. A little bit different. Oh, you're talking about the Winter Classic tickets? You looked at the price for Winter Classic tickets? Every time I do stuff like that, I just feel poor. Nosebleeds, 300 bucks. Yeah, absolutely not. Is For, that expensive? In, yeah. Up Man, there, you know how bad the wind is going to be in the nosebleeds? Cold. It's going to be like 25 <laughs> below. That's going to be miserable. You'll lose a finger. Yeah, probably. Oh, God, no. Absolutely not. Yeah, I lost this finger back in 2022 at the Winter Classic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, transition over to the Minnesota Timber Pups watch. <sighs> Getting close to the Timber Wolves. Timber Pups. They're close. It's it's been interesting to me. I know obviously they're floating around that five hundred. You lose to the Jazz, you beat the Celtics, you take an L to the you know the Knicks. You kind of bounce back and forth. But for me, I was just looking over the last ten games. We're five and five, right? And I was looking, you know, Beasley and J Mac are the only two guys that we've had in our starting rotation that have played all ten games. Delo's missed four games. Ant has missed six games. Cat has missed three games. Pat Bev has missed three games. So in my opinion, because of all of the COVID protocol and some of the injuries that we have been going through, if the Wolves can just get healthy and in the stretch where we've seen everybody in the lineup, this is a playoff, not a play-in team. So are we just waiting on health at this point? Is that really all we're waiting on? I mean, dude, when you can beat the Celtics without basically any of your key players, yeah, you're doing something right. Um, the youth and hey. Give my credit all the way back to like our first or second episode. This man right here said that the Wolves were deep and young, and it's paying off this year. What can I say? <laughs> the guy actually knows what the fuck he's talking about. Every man. once in a while. I don't know what to think. Hey, Every once in a while. I am like a broken clock. I am correct two times a day. <laughs> I am just happy that those two times just happen to be on the show. I get home and Sam's like, what are you talking about? I used them up already. Yep. Sorry. Can't be right anymore. Yep. But, yeah, so, I mean, a loss to the Knicks. Knicks are a playoff team, in my opinion, in the East, uh, led by... Tibbs. Well, and the player. Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Gotta love him, basically became become a superstar uh, last year. Out, out of nowhere. nowhere. <laughs> um, but looking forward for the Timberwolves, uh, we have the Jazz tomorrow at 8 p.m. Um, I think that that should be a win... And a little bit of a revenge game from yeah. the loss before Christmas. Um, I'd love to see the Wolves pull that one out. And then we have the Lakers on the second win. What are we start like? What are we supposed to think of of the Los Angeles Lakers right now? Oh, 
LeBron. The retirement home? LeBron is doing everything possible to stir up the narrative that he is about as cooked as they come. The fact that he couldn't make this work or the fact that he... Remember, we talked when... Keep talking about our age. Keep talking about what we can't do. Every year he has come out and, like, spoken out against the media. He has stuck all 10 of his massive-ass fucking feet right in his mouth. His 10 feet? Toes, whatever. 10 toes, whatever. You know what I mean. He but he just, he, he comes out, he makes these outrageous claims every year, and then every time he does it, it bites him in the ass. I'm not surprised that this isn't working. And you're not going to be able to find anybody to offload Westbrook too. He's he's stuck with this guy for the rest of the year. I mean, okay. So for those true basketball fans out there, do you recall how the Lakers played Russell Westbrook in the bubble? Played against him. Do you remember how they covered him? Nope. They didn't. <laughs> they let him shoot. Yeah. They literally gave this man a 10-foot cushion and let him shoot in the bubble. And they thought that he was the answer. For me, man, what? it's the fact that he go he can't shoot. Let's bring him in. Every three possessions, he goes into the paint, leaves his feet, and then forgets that he's playing basketball. Does not have a plan. Am I going to the rim? No. Am I passing to the post? Uh, maybe. Oh, the referee's on the sideline over there. Five to ten times a game. I don't blame Kevin Durant for leaving for Golden State anymore. Westbrook Why? is what is what what does KD leaving Golden State have anything to do with Russell? leaving for Golden State? Oh, okay. When he left Oklahoma, well, yeah, City. I mean it was the turnover hogs. I just like look at Russell and uh, Harden. Harden's turnover numbers. It's just that's insane. He has fallen so far. Like he's great when it's him and a bunch of role players. He can't play with other stars. Nope. I was really hoping that he could. And then on. Monday, January third, we play the other Los Angeles team. How what they, is their? Uh, I have what's no their idea. New stadium, Crypto.com yeah. Arena. Crypto.com Arena. Rest in peace, Staples Center. The best. You know why they changed it? They were sick and tired of LeBron bringing down the name of the state of the Staples Center. They said that will forever be a Magic Kobe thing. Shipped it off. Hmm. Yep. I don't think that's accurate, but okay. It should be. Um, and then Wednesday, the fifth, uh, they'll play the Thunder. I actually see them beating the Clippers. I believe that Paul George is out right now. And Kawhi's not back and yet. Kawhi is not back yet. So I'm going to say a win against the Clips. Um, shoot, man. If, if if we could go three and one. I'd be cool with that. We'd be sitting at 19 and 19. And I would be okay with calling them the Timberwolves at that point. Three and one. Well, I've got there's. Uh, so it's the Jazz tomorrow. The only thing that worries me is it's a three-game road trip over the new year. Sure. Right? So, I mean, you I'd rather be always the... travel conscious. As, I am, as far as distractions, though, you'd almost rather be on the road than, than at, at home. home. Yeah. And Utah's a dry state, ain't it? I don't know. I've never been to Utah, I don't think. Me either. But um, don't really have plans to. Do we have an alcohol problem? Speak of a gym? trash <laughs> fan Maybe. base, by the way. Speaking of a trash fan base, are you gonna, you're Utah gonna hate Jazz. On somebody else? Utah Jazz is a trash fan base. More hate speak from Mike over Dude, here. Dude, how is that on me? There, there's a lady sitting in front row telling LeBron that she hopes his son dies in a car crash. Trash fan base. Yeah, that's not okay. You can't do that. Put Eagles fans and Jazz fans in the same stadium. Let them fight. And just put a stick in the middle of all 60,000 of them. Lock the doors. <laughs> Lock the doors. Just get rid of them. 
All right, well, eliminating us from radio stations one state at a time, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Menzing. I mean, Sixers fans are fine for now. They haven't thrown snowballs at Santa yet. I mean, they want to throw everything but the kitchen sink at Ben Simmons, but... Hey, we're just having fun, folks. We're just having oh, fun. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Gabe. Give him no. a horn. Start a little bit of fire. But uh, that's uh, yeah, that's about it. I mean, 3-1 and one would be good for me. 19-19. and 19. Um, I will call them the season. Timberwolves at, at 500. 500. Deserved. Yep. Right? But uh, let us know what you guys think on their future as well. And we can get into our uh, glass half topic of the day, which is... MLB related, going to talk some more baseball. Gabe's going to join us here, I think, a little bit because there was an article that I just came across on CBS that said that there has been a first wave of MLB players to sign KBO contracts um, overseas to play ball. And my question is, is For those this, of us who don't know what KBO is, it's like Korean, it's Korean, Korean baseball, baseball organization. organization. Okay, cool. They're like the MLB of Korea. They're, okay. they're a pro league over there. North or South? Really? Put the red I'm screen sorry. back up. Hey, we're Put the red screen fun, back right? up. Um, but my question is, is this first wave a sign of things to come, or should this be a sign of things that are currently happening happening because of the lockout and what the MLBPA is getting back as far as how long this could last? And is this agents sending some smaller keynote names over there to feel out what the quality could be for larger names to head over there if we don't have baseball this year. That was a big question. Yep. There was like four of them. No, just one. We can take them one at a time. All right. Is this something that, is this a, a sign of where we are at in contract negotiations or CBA negotiations? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. What makes you say that? Uh, they wouldn't be looking at other contracts if they were hopeful that their contract here at their home was going to be valid. Be valid. <laughs> yeah. Like you think that these big names in the MLB, want to go play ball in Korea? No. I mean, that kind of leads into the next question. But, like, for these smaller guys, this is, I mean, and this is the right move for them, I would I would think. Everybody could agree with that, right? There's no reason why if you're a mid-level player that doesn't have some of these guarantees or may not have, you know, some of the cushion or backing that some of these headliner guys have, they still got to put tape up. They still got to sharpen their skills. Every day that, they're don't, that they don't play... They could get passed up, so this is good for them. Oh, it's great for them. I don't. I have no blame towards the players whatsoever. Um, it's what I would do. You okay. need to continue to work on your craft and play that game as well, um, dude. You got to keep continue to get paid. Yeah. Like, yes, they they have the fortunate life of living and playing a child's game. Yes. But that is still their job. You need to play the game to get paid. Yeah. So if the the game isn't going to be played this summer here, you need to go elsewhere and play the game. Gabe, what do you think? Is this a sign of things uh, of kind of where we're at with the the CBA negotiations? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's this is uh, the free market. Uh, like, I actually think this is great. I think it puts pressure on the major leagues to actually behave like a free market team or you know business rather than being um, a monopoly. Yeah. And and it's yeah. No, I think this is healthy. I hope that the players go there and they come back with some of the habits of like Shohei Otani. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, no, like the 
like the showboating and the bat oh, the bat flipping, flipping. You know, how they have yeah. a fun game to watch there. Yeah, and part of me wonders, and I think the next sign in this is, I understand the KBO is one option, but there's also another league out there that I think doesn't get enough attention that I think would be a very telling sign if guys were to begin to retreat back back to that league is the Dominican League. I mean, MLB's got a lot of Dominican players that play winter ball down there, but if they decide to stay amidst all this with the KBO talks, I think we would be looking at no baseball. I mean, there's I, also leagues in China and Japan that are right. pretty talented as well. I think you're um, you're also sort of um, underestimating the the general allure of going and playing there. Like that's a great country and city. Uh, they pretty mm -hmm. much beat us in most every metric. You can't like truly there. They are a place that has their crap together in general. They got their poop in a group. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think this is absolutely a negotiating tactic for the most part. Uh, you know, I'm sure for some of the people, they are absolutely hedging and trying to be ready. But I think that's there's absolutely politics going on here. Oh, for sure. But I think, um, man, I, I mean, I would love to see what the average player earns in Korea. That would be interesting to know if they can even get somewhat similar money. I can look it up to you, Mike. But, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, big shout out to RJ Anderson, by the way, um, <clears throat> over at CBS for for putting this together or, or putting this article together as I was reading it, reading it really well done. So is this first wave then, as we begin to talk about like salary, that's kind of what I was getting at or playing with is if some of these agents, like Scott Boris isn't sending his headliners for contract negotiations in a new league right away, right? You'd have to think that it's somebody else that he's got or somebody in his agency of middling level just to test the waters to kind of set the market for an MLB name on an overseas team. Do you think this is a sign of things to come with even some bigger names? Since I think, you know, we can agree here or we have it to this point that the, um, that the, this is a sign of, you know, no baseball, the lockout, some of the things that are going on back here on home soil. I mean, yes and no. Um, I was thinking that it definitely could happen where we could see a big MLB name in Korea. And then I looked up, who is the highest paid KBO player? Mm -hmm. And his name is Deho Lee. Uh, he's a first baseman for the Giants. Not going to okay. pronounce the other one. <laughs> um, and he makes $2.2 .2 million a year. Ooh. That's the highest paid player in the entire league. So... That, I, still, man, I think that that's, I mean, that's in a way what I was thinking. And yeah. I can see them breaking the bank for a bigger MLB name. I mean, if they got $2 million to spend, it's yeah, only, you know, I'm sure they can't spend eighteen. you You're not going to get a five-star MLB right. player, though, right? No, no. No, but if you Unless can. Unless they're locked out. Right. And that, that's what I'm saying. If this is truly a lockout thing, I think this is what sets the market. Okay, your highest paid player is at $2.2 million. Our guys are obviously better than your best first baseman. 5.7 million. Yeah, you know what? All the all the agents should be uh should be exploring this. I, I Absolutely. mean for real. Like this is uh and I think it should go this way. I mean, this is you know, and I think in the future we should be playing those teams. Like, I mean, it's gonna become a world game more and oh, I love that idea. Yeah, I dude, we could put the uh, Japanese and the Korean teams all in one whole thing. 
and then do our English soccer tier system thing that we were talking about. We could make a World Series Holy crap. actually a World Series. That would be yeah. so cool. No, hey, Gabe, you missed per- – you, you, that's not called the World Series trophy anymore. It's just the, the, the hunk of metal that Rob Manfred passes around to cheaters. Oh. Yep. Let me update my notes. <laughs> but I, it's – this is very interesting. I think – and it's been so quiet. I was trying to find anything on – the MLBPA press release. I've been trying to find anything on the um, the MLB, like the owners and the commissioners side of this. Nothing since December second. Not a goddamn thing. I think this is great. Yeah, I think this is really interesting. In fact, if there's something else that Mike could Google, I would say how many games do they play over there? For that it can't million. be 162. Right, right, right. Is it is it 60 games? So where it's actually like a proportional earning. 144 games. Wow. Holy shit. That's a lot. So that is a the lot. KBO is a down t- Korea. Yeah, the KBO is a 10 team league. Each team plays 144 games facing the other nine teams 16 times a piece. Holy. That's wow. intimate knowledge. That's like playing your wife in ping pong or something like that. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah, you like no you're you know, you hit a single and you go down and see the highest paid players sitting at first base and you go, "Hey, How's your third child uh, day holy? Yeah, they, they all have dinner together. How's the together? daycare going? You know, it's like, geez. It's just, and this couldn't come at a worse time for the Minnesota Twins, right? Like, I I want to keep it, I, I, it's hard for me not to keep it semi, like, Minnesota related, but, like, all this young pitching, finally getting the Buxton deal done, having the potential to maybe begin to turn the corner here and no baseball this year. See, what I'm curious about, though, is when does the KBO season take place? When does it start? Yeah, this so is I'm a deep to find dive on KBO today. Well, like we're gonna this. have to because we're gonna have to understand where it's to watch our MLB players. players. Baseball, yeah. What and and then so I'm now we're speculating like crazy. But what has happened to the to the Japanese baseball league? Like, I wonder how large that is in comparison because that you know probably they used pretty to big. Some of our some of our talent. Oh, probably pretty big. Like, I'm so interested to see if like a guy that has that is looking for a new team. Like, you know how we were worried uh, about Kirill going back to play mm-hmm. for Russia this year? Shohei Otani could take this as an opportunity to say, I'm leaving Los Angeles. I'm going to go sign a KBO contract when you guys decide to unlock the doors. I want to be a restri- an unrestricted free agent. He has every right to do so. He Is does. He under- so, uh, but when they go to lockout, you're still com- – like, are you still um, under contract though? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, does the lockout somehow void there? You'd have to look into, like, the legalities of how each individual contract is written. And I know the MLB has got a lot more creative freedom with how they pay their players and what kind of, you know, uh, bonuses and whatever that they get. But because Shohei technically has X amount of years of pro service before he came over to the Angels, I feel like he especially is void from some of that. And he's already been making noise about wanting to be on a competitor while he does these, you know, pitcher hitter two way player type yeah, seasons. You know sure. what I mean? So, and he could go back there and do a victory lap like a fucking hero right now. Um, let me just uh, you you made me think of something that I've been meaning to say, but uh, the Cubs free agent signing I'd like to shout out. Yeah, Stroman, the yeah. pitcher, five eight brings it ninety seven. Miles an hour with movement like crazy. It yeah. blows me away that at five eight he throws that hard. Yeah, he was a he was a twins guy that we were supposed to be going after. Yep. 
in the pitching rotation. Lost out on him. He's great. Love I love stuff. I loved him when he was with uh, the Blue Jays. Yeah, that's where he got to start. Moves the ball like crazy. I'm I am I'm back in. Oh, <laughs> oh there we go. So I hope that they play. All right, year. so I found, uh, I found some info here, guys. So right. the KBO uh, plays from April 3rd to October 31st. Okay. So that would pretty much take place of the MLB uh, season. Yep. Um, the highest paid player in NPB history, which is the Japanese league, um, or not the highest paid player in history, the highest paid player currently uh, is $5.46 million. Okay. So actually a little bit, almost Those are more some... than double. Almost Those triple. are some more intriguing numbers, and you already know that it, the value of an MLB player, the marquee, the marketing, the butts that you put in seats is going to warrant a higher number than that. Correct. So start at all the guys that are making $5.7 million, look two to three above that, and those guys are would be dumb not to look into this as an opportunity. Right. It would have U.S. like, uh, you know how when, uh, oh, what's his name? Whatever, the Japanese media follows... When someone comes here, yeah, it would be like that yep. or whatever on the other side now. Absolutely. That'd be great. All right, Gabe, have you ever seen um, Mr. Baseball? Yes, I have. Tom Selleck. Yes. Absolutely. So is this Mr. Baseball, like the sequel? Yep. And it's like the entire league? If yeah. we're lucky. If we're lucky. That would if be, we're lucky. I'd like to live that movie and like, be my life. Yes. All right. <laughs> That's so we've we've discussed the most of it. It is a glass half topic. We haven't done one in a while. Mike, you, I'll let you pick glass half full, glass half empty on the uh, potential exodus of players to other leagues. I'll say both. I'm going to say glass half full for the players. Okay. Uh, glass half full for the NPB and KBO. Okay. And glass half empty for baseball fans here in the States and the marquee names of the of Major League Baseball. Because they'll be the ones that have the hardest time getting the contracts. Correct. Because Correct. I don't see Bryce Harper getting paid $40 million a year, which is basically an entire KBO team's salary. salary. Yeah. Their branding and the endorsements that those guys could get there, though, I mean, really, to open yourself up to a billion people. I mean, Bryce Harper would actually probably be the hardest one out of anybody to get to play overseas because that's an American-born kid, and if you – Wanted Mike to Trout. tag if you wanted to tag one, yeah, him and Mike Trout, like a couple baseball players, is like minted in the USA. You know that the the rest of the world could hate. Bryce Harper is definitely probably on that fucking list. But um, I have a big beard and I hit bombs. Who's the highest paid guy in the California Penal League? Rick, no idea. Ricky Vaughn still probably. He's just a bit outside. Out. No. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think this is glass half full for the MLBPA. Fine. You don't want to fucking pay us. You want to continue to manipulate service. The world is only getting smaller. Right. I will go play somewhere else. And social media will give my fans access to me whenever the fuck I want. So if you don't want to pay me, somebody else will, and I'll have a better time doing it and with an opportunity at more success. And I, I mean, I said glass half empty because uh, for the fans because – I surely enjoy going to Twins games. I do too. Uh, twins haven't been relevant in a little bit. but it, um, it would probably be easier to find a Korean game online to watch than it is to find the Twins game. Oh, gee, yeah. Thank you, fucking Bally Sports so whatever. So here's my question. Ugh. And this is a little bit of my ignorance here. So if this is a lockout, yeah. lockout happens. Yes. No St. Saint Paul Saints this year then either, right? 
Probably not because they're they're a triple uh, A affiliate. affiliate. Good question. I wonder though. And with all of that, that's what I'm saying. I think the glass is going to be most half empty. I'm gonna and I'm gonna say it just because I'm a homer of them. The Minnesota Twins and their entire organization, for the first time in a long time, you could look at our farm system and our MLB team and go, "I'll be I'll be a it'll be okay to be a Twins fan for the next five years. Plenty of young talent that's going to come up." Plenty of opportunities for us to compete with the names that we currently have. We shouldn't be a bottom feeder. And now we get the lockout. I mean, it pretty much always is okay to be a Twins fan, though. Let's be honest. Just bad timing. Just bad timing. So, that's all I got. Gabe? That's all I got, man. I like that subject a lot. It's been really interesting to talk about. Because the more we talk about it, the more I think the... The owners don't have the leverage that I thought they had last week. I don't think they do either. And I think that's why everything's at a standstill because they got to come up with something for the players that's going to make them want to return to play. They're the only ones that lose here. The billionaires will lose to the millionaires. (laughs) A a monumental victory for the 1%. Yes. (laughs) That none of us participate in. Right. Exactly. So, all right, Mike, any parting shots for the show? Um, not really. I mean, hey, we we always say it's there's always next year for Minnesota sports fandom. Um, that applies to real life too. And we're about to hit the reset button here in a day. So, um, twenty twenty one was uh, interesting to say yeah. the least. What are you guys doing for the new year? Not shit. If there's any um, attractive young ladies out there who'd like to have a, he's off the call. market. All right, right. No, I'm just saying you. I wasn't pimping Mike. Come on, I would never no, pimp Mike. Yeah. Um, actually, before we go, yeah, I want to shout out PJ Fleck. Oh, and the, the Gophers with a win. Gophers, that's uh, right, for finishing the season nine and four in a defeat in a bowl game over West Virginia. Six straight bowl games or something. Now, and right? I do have to shout out Daniel Tua Falele. Is that no? I believe that that's it. Do you say Tua in there somewhere? I think it's there's something on the front. It's Falele. Yeah, Falele. We'll butcher it. He's huge. Please don't get mad at me. Um, but he became the largest person to ever score a touchdown in a bowl game. Hey. Six foot nine, 350 pounds. Somebody called Guinness. Um, pretty cool. And uh, it's it's fun to see a gopher team that's competitive. Uh, went yeah. to that uh, Wisconsin game where they won as well. So um, hopefully the gophers bring some energy and excitement to the Twin Cities here in 2022 as well. That's right. Uh, as Mike said, 2021 has definitely been a little bit of a trying year, but we made it, folks. You made it to the end. You get to wake up. You get to wake up in 2022 and decide to do it all over again, one day at a time, and it'll get better. COVID can't last forever. It has to get better. Yeah, it literally can't get worse, right? So, and we'll be here, rocking with you every step of the way, every Thursday. Uh, Mike, where can they find us if they want to see all of the content from 2021? Uh, Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, Facebook, and... Oh, starting in 2022, Patreon. I'm going to do that after we get off today. Um, so that should be a, a, a good time. You didn't have to. You I didn't, didn't do anything. You didn't, you didn't have to. Uh, if you missed the show, uh, as always, you can find us on what channel, Mike? MCN6, Fridays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 2 that's cable 
That's right. Uh, feel free to come back and join us next Thursday. We will be getting into some UFC teasers, um, NFL playoff breakdowns, as more teams head for the early checkout counter. Um, we've got the Winter Classic recap, and uh, we'll be excited to see it. Excited to see it at the start of a new year. Take care. Didn't hit it today. Dang it. I know, but the last one was way awesome. NBC.